Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay. Good morning. Again, this is the greatest day ever to be alive. Amen? Amen. So I'm so thankful to God and so thankful to be here and so thankful for all of His promises and His blessings and because in them they're all yes and amen. So, Father, we just come to you this morning and I thank you for the opportunity to, um, to share your word and the opportunity to gather and, and worship. with with your people and so I just ask Holy Spirit that you speak through me this morning and I give you the praise in Jesus name Amen Amen. so I got a million things like running through my mind (laughs) like like a million different ways I could go preaching and so I was like okay Holy Spirit just narrow it down just a little but it all come down to just one question and it's like one of the greatest theological questions I've ever heard in the history of time, and it's simply this. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> I mean, you kind of got to wrap your head about it, but before we go into that, I'm, I want to build up a little bit because we've been studying, and um, this is Hanukkah. Does anybody know what Hanukkah is? It's like probably everybody does. I talk about it a little bit, right? So Hanukkah is a great, great uh, holiday for the, for the Jewish people, but it's really a celebration uh, of what God can do when everything is against you, right? And so you're like, well, why after all these years do the Jewish people still light the lights and and do this and do that and 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 how they have a little dreidel and they'll spin the dreidel and. And there's all kinds of fun things that go around in latkes. Man, whoo! Thank you, Jesus, for that good stuff, right? And so, anyway, there's a lot of good stuff that goes along with it, but it's actually a celebration. And so, it's a celebration that Jesus himself um, celebrated. And I'm going to prove that to you um, here in in a second. Actually, I'll prove it to you right now. John chapter 10. Verse 22 says this, Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. Now, what would be the feast of dedication? That's Hanukkah, right? Well, what would that mean? That that it's about, about dedication. And so here's so much of the stuff we... God has times, and he has set appointed times and places. They're called Moedim. And so God set these times and he set these festivals. And for the Jewish people, these are commanded feasts and festivals for us to follow. The Feast of Dedication is not one of them. But it's something that we do to celebrate God and to to worship God and and to say, do you know something? In spite of all the stuff that's going on, I'm I'm going to to serve you. Now, it is like, like it's not one of the like, Passover or Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, but it's still appointed by God. So 
a lot of times we think if well if it's not real formal or this or that god's not going to get in the middle of it i promise you god's in the middle of everything you can't get him out of it like i've tried i'm like could you just mind your own business for a minute i got my own ideal and he's like yeah right i ain't gonna work that way right so we get into those mindsets and those beliefs and those thoughts but so in Hanukkah, what happened was the Hasmoneans had come in, and they had taken over, and they had put, in the, Jew, put the Jewish people, and probably other peoples, under their thumbs so hard, and they, they were, were so brutal and so violent that they actually went in and took over the temple. Now they went in and took over the temple, and the first thing they did was they destroyed all the oil, and then they destroyed everything that was in it, and they wouldn't let them go in. And then they went and took pigs, man. I ain't got nothing against pigs. But you do not sacrifice pigs on the altar in the temple, right? And so that was like the last straw, right? And these people had, had been living in such, a, um, such bondage and such oppression, that it looked like there was no way, no hope. I mean, these dudes had elephants. I mean, they had tanks, and they had, if, if they could have flew, they would have had the jets, man. <laughs> this was the world's greatest army at the time, and here they were, they had like pitchforks and hoes, right? And so there, it looked like it was impossible for them to ever get back to the temple and get back to what God had ordained and, and take back what was theirs. You ever feel like sometimes we've had stuff stolen from us that belongs to us? There's stuff that, that we've inherited and stuff that God's promised and it looks like the enemy doesn't want us to have it and he's oppressing us and he's taking and trying to put his thumb on us and put us down and saying there's no hope, there's no way, this is not going to work out. And we got two choices when that happened. We can say, yeah, oh my gosh, you're right. Or we can say, no, I don't believe that. Right? There's this quote I heard, and it's, everybody's going to die, but not everybody's going to live. So everybody's going to die, but are you going to live? See, we get to make that choice. So you're like, well, what do you mean? Like, you mean like get a mansion over on the hilltop and that's when we have everlasting life? Is that what you're talking about? And I was like, well, yeah, you're going to live then, but that's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says that Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundantly. Not like in the here, hereafter, but in the here and now. And so... We could wait. It's fine. If you want to wait till you get to heaven to, to see all the blessings and walk in all God's life and His goodness, then go ahead, but not for me. I want everything that God has for me right here and right now, and I want to walk in His life because we're witnesses of the greatest, the greatest miracle that ever happened when Jesus came to this world. And, and he was born, and then he gave his life for us. And when we live our life, we're basically saying, you know something? You died so that I can live my life. Right? 
You see, there's soldiers all over the place. They go to war, and they go to war not so that you can die too. They go to war so that we can live, right? And so that we can have freedom and so that we can have victory. And that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we should refuse to do anything else but live. We got a choice. Because everybody's going to die. But not everybody's going to live. How about you? It's a choice. So Joshua, said, Joshua says, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And he says, I'm going to serve the Lord. In the Old Testament, he says, I set before you life and death, blessings and a curse. You choose. We get to choose. And that's what's great. No matter what it looks like, no matter what's going on, no matter what we feel like, no matter what someone's telling us, no matter the oppression or the suppression or or um, the, the spiritual attacks or the physical attacks. There is promises that God has given us that is true and faithful and just. If we'll just say, do you know something, Father? I'm going to receive all you have for me. And I'm going to walk in to who you call me to be, which is life and life more abundantly. Amen? So here they are. They're in the spot where they're like pushed down. Like, like, I mean, it, it was brutal. I mean, it was brutal. And so, do you know what they did? They said, well, you know, they kind of got it, so we'll just lay low, and hopefully the Messiah will come someday. <laughs> and then he'll restore everything back to its place. No, some of them wanted to, but there was a few of them way less than the armies that were surrounding him. And there's this dude, his name was Judah Maccabee, right? And do you know what Maccabee means? It means the hammer, right? And so Judah said, no, 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 no. Like it was the last straw when, when they butchered that, um, sacrificed that pig on the altar. They're like, no way. This place is holy to our God and you have defiled everything that God had set us free for. And they'd realized that, that, that they'd already been living in, in, um, in oppression and slavery before they even come along because they were living in a spiritual oppression. And they, they were walking away from God, not hearing what God was saying. And pretty soon these people come in and then they didn't have the opportunity to worship God like they wanted. When they had a time and a place where they could have stood up, they didn't, but finally it came to a place where they said, enough is enough. And with pitchforks and hoes and hammers and common tools, they defeated the most powerful army on earth and took back the temple. You're like, wow, so that's the celebration of Hanukkah, right? That's the miracle of Hanukkah. Well, it's part of it. But the real miracle is this. When they went in, they took the, took the oil, and um, there's only one little thing of oil left. So now, it takes eight days for them to get the oil back 
to where because it's got a certain process. You just it's not common. It's a holy place, so there's a way it's prepared and a way it's pressed and everything. So all they had was just a little bit. So they were like, man. All I got is this little bit of oil, so guess what? I'm not going to be able to do this. So we'll just give up right now. No. They said, all we got is just a little bit, but we still have the biggest God in the universe. And they said, we can either trust what we got or we can give God what we got and trust Him to do with, with it what He can do. And you know what God did? He got mad at him and he said, you sorry suckers, this is all you're going to bring me? <laughs> no. You know what happened? They put it on, on, on the um, lampstand. Now I was talking about the lampstand and the altar of incense and, and um, some of the, the table of showbread. And um, it's really cool, all the implements that are in the implements not like a tractor implement but <laughs> but whatever you call them the thingy majugs you know the the utensils are well i'm just going downhill from here <laughs> the menorah right is it called the golden lamps and that dude almost weighed 100 pounds and it was solid gold and it come up like this and then it had almonds which is very significant in in its um, nature and what God's talking through it, right? But they went in and they used just one. And guess what happened? The first night happened and they're like, well, we got enough for one night. How many of us, maybe, you're like, man, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can get through. Like there's times where I didn't think I could get through to the next day. Right? I'm like, God, I can't get through the next day, but I'm just going to give you me right now. And I'm just going to breathe. And you know something? The next thing that I know, something good's happening, and I'm alive the next day, right? And I'm like, God, I don't know what to do today, but, um, or how to do anything, but Father, I'm just going give to you, give you what I got, which is all I had was my breath. Sometimes that's all you can do. Because you're so beat down and so hurt and so so frustrated and everything's coming down on you and you don't know what to do. All you can do is just keep breathing. Which sometimes in, a, in, in, in itself is an act of faith. So here, that's where they're at. They're like, all we can do is do what we can. And then we'll watch God do the rest. You see, impossibility is, is the, the birthplace of miracles. The things that looks impossible, the things that look like it's not going to go through in your own power. God says, you know what? All I need is you to step out. All I need to, for you to be is like the man who had the withered hand, right? So, so he had a withered hand, so he said, said, said reach for your hand, and he did, and the other one withered too. <laughs> no. no. No, but he said, all I need you to do you don't have to heal your hand. It's just reach, just stretch, just stretch for me. And I'll meet you there. Stretching sucks. <laughs> right? I know that's not a holy word, but I want to use that word because it's a word that fits. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's horrible. It's uncomfortable, right? 
I started this last week. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stretch because like we got this fire cube where we can watch movies. And so I was looking on there and it's like stretching. It's like, you know what? I'm bent over a lot because like, like I'm chewing horses and stuff like that. I'm going to do some stretching, right? So like I get this video up and it says stretching for beginners. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm way tougher than that. For beginners, you gotta be kidding me. How bad can it be? So I go on and it says stretching for intermediate, then advanced. Maybe I should, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna be smart for once in my life. And I'm gonna start with beginners and then I'm gonna ace it this time and I'm gonna go right to the next intermediate. So about 30 seconds into this beginner stretching thing, I thought they were trying to kill me. <laughs> I was like, sweet Jesus, how many different ways can I stretch my body and it not fall apart? Because like, I thought at one point my leg was going to come off, you know? And so I'm stretching and I'm uncomfortable and it's like all I can do is breathe. And they tell you, guess what you got to do? Breathe. Breathe. Breathe in, breathe out. So I was like, instead of focusing on all the stretching and uncomfortableness after the first two days of it, I was like, you know something? There's a reason they put breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Maybe I should just do what they said. So instead of grunting through it like a cowboy, guess what I started doing? started trying to breathe. You know how hard it is to breathe like they want you to? You know, it's hard to get your breath right. And I teach this riding horses because the worst thing people can do is you get on, you get scared, and you hold your breath. And then the horse can feel that, right? So I get, when people are scared, I just breathe. And I was like, but now I'm having to do my own. <laughs> and guess what? Before I knew it, I was done. And it wasn't all that bad. Wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad, right? And I'm starting to feel better, and I'm starting to have, have more flexibility and more energy. And I was like, you know what? This is going to benefit me in the long run. As bad as it hurts, and as bad as it's uncomfortable, and as bad as I hate to take the 15 minutes to do it, it's worth it. There's stuff in our life that's stretching us right now. That's stretching this whole planet right now. And we get to make a choice. How are we going to handle it? How are we going to take it? How are we, gonna, how are we going to um, respond to that? Are we going to react and panic and buy all the toilet paper out? Right? Or are we going to respond in faith and still buy enough toilet paper? Right? So that we have it to be wise, but trust that God's in control in spite of everything that is going on. We take what we can do and we let God do with it what we can't. And He will blow us away. That's like this body. We do everything that we can do. But God is the one who's going to bring all the blessings and the increase because he's that big and he's that awesome. So we can trust him. 
in our lives. We can trust him with our families. We can trust him with our businesses and with our jobs and with, with, with our church family and with, with our governments and with everything because God will make a way where there seems to be no way if we'll just keep our eyes on him and keep breathing. Don't we just need to breathe? So they go to light this candle, and in the, in the um, menorah, there's a middle candle. Now in the lampstand, there was, there's, only se- there's only seven bars, but in the, um, there's one in the middle, and then other, and, um, the other three that go on out. But in the Hanukkah candle, there's one in the middle, and then, then there's four on each side. Now, why is that, right? Because it commemorates each day that, that that burnt, right? So in the middle of it is called a shamash. It's called the servant candle. Now, you light that, that servant candle up, and then the lady, the, the woman of the house, will put, put her, her toilet on, and she'll say a blessing over it. And, and as she's saying a blessing, as she lights that shamash candle, and then, depending on how many nights it is, and it starts from one side and goes to the other, and every night you restart it again, right? But as you go across, um, you use that servant candle, and you light the other candles. And so, I was, I was just praying about that, and I realized that, that that's life himself. That's represented of the Messiah, right? And our Messiah is Yeshua. Our Messiah is Jesus. Our Messiah is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So when we're lighting that candle, we're we're giving honor to Jesus in Hanukkah. And we're saying, here, Jesus, you're the one who lights us. You're the one that lights our fire and keeps us going. You're the one who brings light to us, right? In um, Psalms... 27 verse 1 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when the enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high on the rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. Now watch this. He's saying the Lord is my light. Who's my light? The Lord, right? The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. If we look for salvation in any other thing, it's not going to work. There was one perfect sacrifice paid for us and it come through the blood of Jesus and Jesus alone and when that was paid guess what we've had everything that we ever need and he said just to prove that I did it watch this I'm going to raise again and I'm going to guarantee it myself that my will is done 
And now we have light, and now we have blessings, and now we have all of his salvation and all of his hope and all of his peace. Because he's that good. Right? So they took it. They took and lit that. And guess what? It didn't just go one day. It didn't just go two days. It didn't just go three days or four days or five days or six days or seven days, but it went eight days. Now, eight's a special number in Hebrew because it represents new beginnings or, or life and life more abundantly. You're like, well, well, how does that happen to correspond with the chicken and the egg? I'm glad you guys asked. That's a great question. Because you're like, you're going to answer this question for us before it's over. My time goes so fast. In Luke chapter 11, verse, let's see, 9, says this, so I, say, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be, be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a, a scorpion? An egg and a scorpion. Now, you're like, what does that have to do? Now, in the Jewish culture, that has a lot of symbolism because when you think of a, of a, of a snake, you think of like, if, if you ask God for, for um, fish, is he going to be mad? Is he going to be hot-blooded? Is he, is he going to be, like, angry with you and, and just really down on you like a snake has a fiery venom, right? But a scorpion, it's cold. It's aloof. So when you think about the scorpion's bite, you think about God saying, you know something, you asked me, you asked me for an egg, and do you know what, instead, I'm just going to ignore you. See, sometimes it's worse. Like, I know this because I've gotten in trouble several times in my married life. Right? I'd rather have Linda mad at me and telling me so than not talking to me. Right? And trust me, that don't happen with her. Not very often. So I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Right? I don't ever have to worry about what she's thinking. Right? Which to me is a great blessing. But what if you take it and you like, us guys are really bad about that. We're more like scorpions a lot of times. Because we'll just, we'll get cold and we'll get aloof. Not just with our spouses, but with everybody in our lives. Right? Because we'll just, I'll just bear it, right? But here he's, they're talking about, if you ask for a fish, God's not going to get mad at you. And if you ask for an egg, he's not going to give you a cold shoulder. He's going to bless you, right? He says, if we being good know how to give good gifts to our children, it's Christmas. Come on, right? What more proof do you need, right? How much more will our Father in heaven? If you ask for an egg, well, what's an egg? It's called a beitza, right? And so, so you find it on your Seder plate, right, at Passover. And so, so it's a roasted egg. But for, for the egg, it, for a lot of the rabbis teach that, that you have a chicken and this egg's like up in, in the chicken. And it's like it's, it's, it's captive. It has no freedom. It has no place it can go. It's just stuck. It's kind of like the children of Israel 
when, when they were in Egypt, right? And this is what the, the rabbis compare it to, right? It, is like the children of Israel in Egypt. And then when, when they come out of Egypt, it was like they were the egg that got birthed as an egg. See, here's the thing about an egg. Right, by the way, which did come first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. Yeah. So, because God probably created a chicken. He could have created an egg, but, right? He created the chicken. So, there you go. I answered that question. But So, here's, here's the chicken. Has an egg. But when the chick's still in the egg, it's still not free. See, it's free from... They were free from the political bondage and, and the physical slavery, but they really weren't completely free until they come out of that shell. And that's what God's calling us. There's a lot of us that are saved and that we're going to go to heaven, but God says, you know what? I want more for you. I don't just want you to wait and get all my life and my blessings when you get to heaven. I want you to live in them now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to know my presence and know my goodness and know my heart. And I want to flow in and through you. And I want to break every shell. And when that shell's broken, guess what happens? You get to get out of that shell. Not only do you get to get out of that shell, you get to, to eat and, and enjoy stuff and hopefully not get eaten. <laughs> right? But then you also get to have more eggs. Right? And you know what's funny is if, if you ever had a chicken that just laid one egg, it would probably be eaten. Right? So when those chickens, when, when you're a chicken that's producing, right? And laying eggs, they're they're not just laying one. They're they're very fluent in what they do, right? Or they don't stick around, right? <laughs> so so here we start out in a chicken, then we get free, but then when we get free and we start reproducing, then we reproduce. And look what happens when all that happens again, and the next ones are out of their shell, and they're going forward. Guess what happens? It's exponential. And it's still like the same thing that from Hanukkah. Because one little bit of oil lasted eight days. So it reminds me back to when we were talking about Zechariah in the temple, and that Gabriel showed up and said, you're going to have a kid. Then he shows up to Mary. And says, guess what? <laughs> You're going to have a kid, right? Well, he didn't say Zachariah was going to have a kid. His wife was going to have a kid. I'm sure he'd have really problems with that one. <laughs> right? And then you get to the Feast of Dedication where they were talking about it, and the Jewish people are saying, how long are you going to wait to tell us? You're, I want proof. Now, now um, let me read this real quick. I'm almost done. I'm trying not to go over, but I probably am, but this is too important not to. Zechariah said, I think, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in, his, in years. But Mary said, how will this be? Now, there's two different things. And then the Jewish people at the Feast of Dedication, 30-some years later, are still asking the same question that Zechariah said. Hey, dude, I ain't sure I believe you. 
Because like this is so impossible. And like you should have showed up years ago when it was possible for me to do it in my own strength. But now all the odds are against me. How is this going to happen? And then Mary, like it's really impossible. What he's asking for, he's stretching her. Like this isn't stretching for beginners. And she's like, how's this going to be? Like, I can't do it. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I can't do it. And he said, don't worry, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and, and he'll do it for you. He'll do it in you and through you. And that's what he still does. He's telling you, guess what? I'm going to do this in your life and I'm going to do that in your life. And you're like, how can this be? Or you're like, yeah, you should have done that years ago. Or when are you going to show up? Instead of saying, you know something? So be it according to your word. Because for nothing is impossible with God. Who are you putting your trust in? I only got one place. I ain't putting it anywhere else, but I know in that he's more than enough and he'll give me victory in every area. Amen? Amen. So, Father, thank you. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for your peace and your goodness, and we just ask that you you, um, move in our hearts in ways that we never imagined in this season. Father, we thank you that you are doing the impossible, not just for us, but for our families and for our country and for this planet. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.